probability that one or more team members may be infected by intruder organism. 75%. If intruder organism reaches civilized areas, entire world population infected 27,000 hours from first contact. Welcome back to the Thing Minute podcast, where we discuss John Carpenter's 1982 science fiction horror masterpiece, The Thing, one minute at a time. I'm Harper W. Harris from HarperWHarris.com, and joining me again today is... I'm Mark from DC Cinematic Minute, where we talk about DC films, including Man of Steel and Dawn of Justice. Awesome. Thanks for being here. I know I know, uh, I know. know we were out late last night trick-or-treating, so I appreciate it. Uh... Oh, man. The sugar hit me right in the brain. <laughs> <laughs> is that what sugar does? I think it just goes to your bloodstream. Uh, we could say it goes to the brain. Why not? <laughs> we're, we're experts. We're experts on this Yo. sort of thing. Take our that word Pixie for it. Six. I was just putting it on that mirror and just <laughs> letting it rip. Just going to town. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So hopefully uh, some of you listeners are awake for this and not a uh, you know not in a diabetic coma, a la uh, real life Wilford Brimley. So um, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> uh, too soon. Okay, so um, today we're talking about Minute 63, which begins with uh, McCready finishing that line from yesterday and saying, we're going to figure out who's who, uh, which is another one of those kind of tagline moments. Uh, and then ends a minute later with a another yet another um, uncomfortable close-up of a needle going into somebody's arm. Yeah, this, this minute, like, is the misdirection. Yes. Like, this is, you know... I don't know. Are we doing spoilers? I don't. Sure. I, I should yes. <laughs> are we? You know, the film's what? Like th- 35 years old. <laughs> I was going to say 35. I just didn't want to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, something that I kind of noticed, although, again, my whole novels theory is kind of debunked. But I was like, if you look at this, the crew, I kind of felt like it, there was a spectrum with, between like who was safe and who was it having Norris at the very end and then the three people that get picked are on the far right, which then having Norris right next to him, I was always like, he must also be, cause there he is again, side by side <laughs> with Norris throughout the entire film. I'm telling you, but then, you know, they do the blood test and he's not infected, which I was like, yo, that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's definitely a sense that, that John Carpenter maybe just kind of, decided like you know flipped a coin or rolled some dice when they did the blood test to uh and and in the norris scene too to decide like who's like there's there's hardly any evidence that any any of the people who are infected are and people who are not are definitely the people who are most suspicious so yeah in this scene the three people that uh that max singles out copper gary and clark we know for a fact later in the movie are not infected so they're like at this point they're the most likely suspects but they are the uh they're three of the people who three of the only people who we know are never infected (laughs) (sighs) ah it's a shame (laughs) (laughs) yeah so we just basically we just get the idea having watched this movie multiple times you get the idea that they're just really really bad at deciding who's infected and who's not although at this point the the evidence that they have certainly points to one of those three one or all three of them being infected so you can't really blame them it's it's a logical decision but uh 
it's definitely one that does not pay off. It it, uh, it ends up hurting them in the end for sure. Now, did you did you uh, at any point? Because I never did. Did you ever feel like Clark actually was infected? That's a good question. I feel like the first time I watched the movie, I probably did, just because they they really push hard uh, to make you think. And now, if I probably saw this movie for the first time now, I would probably see that like, okay, they're trying way too hard to make him seem guilty, and and so that mm-hmm. probably makes him not guilty. But yeah, I think the first time I watched it, I I probably thought he was because uh, in my opinion, I was like he. Um... If he was infected, like if he was with the dog and he was infected, then he wouldn't have freaked out so much. He would have let that dog assimilate all the other dogs. He would have been okay with it. And he really freaked out when his dogs were getting hurt and everything. And it was like, for for a man to care that much about those animals being harmed, especially by an alien, like he wouldn't have let that happen. So I always felt like, there's no way. Like... I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. I actually haven't really thought about that from that point. But um, yeah, he definitely, you know, he wouldn't have told anybody. And I guess to it, it kind of depends again on like how you think the thing works and, and, and within the movie how they think the thing works too. Because, you know, if you uh, if you think that maybe it can like kind of take over like an infection, like a virus, and that it slowly happens, then, you know, maybe they could argue that, uh, Clark was infected, but he hadn't been like completely assimilated, you know, at that point when he was kind of defending the dogs and, and alerting everybody that something bad was going on. And, but maybe by this point, they, they think that, you know, it's been long enough that if he did get infected, he's been taken over. But again, that's something that they never really go into any kind of detail in the movie. So, you know, that's just kind of an assumption you have to make, but you're right. That definitely kind of points to him not being the thing and, and maybe, being one of those things that, you know, if Blair was already taken over, maybe he's just pointing everybody in the wrong direction to try and throw everybody into chaos. Mm-hmm. Definitely never thought Gary was it. And poor guy. He just, he, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like he gets the short end of the stick for the most part. Um, Definitely. He always gets put in the worst situations or uh, is that, I don't know, for in a, figurative sense always has the gun pointed at him when it comes to danger <laughs> yeah um and then i think i definitely i always with the blood thing when i f- saw it again when i saw it last night because i haven't seen it in a while um i was kind of thought copper was infected but he definitely acts kind of suspicious he in this minute and in the past couple minutes um we talked about last week that when uh, when they're arguing about the um, the fridge and like who got to the blood and he has that line where he's like uh, every time I get the key I bring it back right away and he like says it like super weird and fast like he mm-hmm. sounds kind of weird and then in this scene too when they um you know when Matt kind of separates them he's the one who speaks out he's like he's like you don't want to drug me which is like exactly what the thing would say right <laughs> so yeah exactly he, and then. Um... Even when later on we'll like we'll hear from Blair, like even he sounds infected, just like, Hey man, I'm ready to come back inside. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh yeah, I'm locking this door right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's definitely you know, this is such a cool movie because uh most of the time when you have those kind of lines that stand out and seem a little suspicious, you never get to know whether you were right or wrong. Like you just kinda have to 
it's it's very uneasy because you don't you know the movie doesn't really confirm or deny those things until much later anyways um so you just kind of have to kind of take it on on its own grounds and yeah this is definitely one of those moments where it's like you know that is what the thing would say right although it is probably also what a person who doesn't want to be like sedated and tied up would also say <laughs> yeah uh i'd i'd definitely be one of those slit wrist kind of guys or uh you know blair has like uh, i feel like i'm skipping ahead and you can cut this if you want <laughs> That's okay. but uh blair has like that noose in his little jail cell mm-hmm. at one point in the film uh did someone put that there or did he do that yeah, that's a good question. I um, I, I actually, it's funny. I just found something in the script today when I was kind of looking into the st- parts for uh, for this minute, these minutes, that uh, that talks a little bit about that. But we'll, I'll have to save that one. I'm I'm not allowed to talk about it. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> but it is uh, it is interesting, and yeah, that that scene has always stuck out to me as like, you know, just as a viewer, like wondering why that was there necessarily, whether he was planning on killing himself or or whether somebody else was. Yeah, it is kind of odd <laughs> okay I, I just i just wanted to say that i think he was going to and then he got assimilated and it was like oh no you don't i i dealt with slit wrists already and <laughs> one person got away with me i'm not letting another person do it so. yeah i think that's a that's probably a pretty good read on it um that's <laughs> probably pretty accurate yeah so the only other thing in in this first half of the minute where they're uh kind of separating it where they're still outside and they're kind of separating everybody out uh you know fuchs is once again like Mr. Like Fuchs needs a boost of self-confidence, I think, because he's he's always this is the second time in the span of like five minutes where he's like, well, I can't do it without, you know, first it's Blair and now it's Copper. It's like, dude, you're a biologist. You need to be able to you should be able to figure this out. Like you got to stop relying on everybody else. (laughs) Yeah. Again, you are touching on a note that I was just about to bring up, but because I was like, all right, I want to talk about Fuchs for a minute. He's a tiny guy. (laughs) Yeah, he's he real is short. I didn't. I didn't notice that, but you're right. Him and Windows are definitely like the two kind of the shortest dudes there. But yeah, he's he's like, oh, but you can't sedate uh, Doc because I need his help. I can't do this without him. And that that's that's what kind of spurs Copper to be all like, you know, I'm not a prisoner. That whole line too, <laughs> which is great. Yeah. Or you know, if we're like, if we don't know how this movie ends, you could be like, maybe the thing is trying to defend another part of it. Yeah, like like Fuchs is infected. You mean? Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, you can't burn off one of my, you know, assimilated brethren or something." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's not a, um, you know, I think that's maybe there too that you could you could definitely assume that because he did the same thing with Blair that, you know, they all think Blair's either assimilated or lost his mind. Either way, he's dangerous. And earlier, Fuchs is like, "But I, I really could use Blair's help." Like, this is the second time mm-hmm. where he's like trying to get somebody out who's been under suspicion or, or locked up or something like that. So yeah, it, it could definitely throw some suspicion on him as well. So yeah, from here we, we cut to inside where Norris is preparing this shot and uh, he's definitely not um, not familiar with how to do it and is a little awkward with it. Um, so which which causes Copper to be like, uh, just let, let me do it. I'll You're going to break the needle off of my arm, which... That sounds like really extreme. Like, does that happen very often? <laughs> uh, you know what? I want to say no, but that's <laughs> always like one of those things that it never really happens, but people always freak out about. And I think it cuts off right. He doesn't pull it out in this minute. Yeah. 
But when he does, well, I guess I'll save it for <laughs> the next minute. Uh, I feel, what do we leave that open ended? Like, okay, we'll just leave that question out there. If you feel like needles breaking people's arms all the time, hit us up on all social media <laughs> and let us know what you think. Yeah, if any listener is like a, um, what is it, a phlebotomist? Is, isn't that what they call the, the the people who who are specialized in like drawing blood? Or you know, if you if you're in the medical profession, let us know if this is something that ever happens because I somehow doubt that that's like a real worry that a real medical person would have. Like, uh, you you might like you know, hit a vein or hit a blood vessel or something or, or like make it painful probably is probably real easy to do if you don't know what you're doing. But I can't imagine that those needles would like just break off in your arm if you were like Ugh. careless. Like that seems, that seems awful and very unlikely. Yeah. If that has happened to you, please let me know. <laughs> yeah, but at definitely. the same time, please don't let me know at the, you know, don't share don't, pictures <laughs> if this has happened to yeah. you. <laughs> Just, just yes or no. That's, <laughs> that's all, all I need. That's all we require at this point. <laughs> um, but they are just getting morphine, right? Is that, yeah. is that what I heard? Yeah. So to basically just sedating them, which I guess that's like their only, uh, their only course of action, I guess, because they don't know what else to do. Like, because th- I guess they know if it's, if it's really the thing, then if they just tie it up and leave it alone, then it maybe could like shape shift out of it or, you know, grow claws to to cut the ropes or something but if it's sedated i mean i guess they have to assume that morphine works the same way on aliens that it does on people too which is maybe a, a leap mm-hmm. i'm just trying to i'm i'm looking through the i'm literally going frame by frame with norris delivering the the shot of morphine because mm-hmm. it's like um given uh norris's kind of fate in this film it's like he's probably still norris but he's got like he's got one of those uh like cellular assimilation things going on so i feel like it's not the thing being like oh how do i deliver a shot of morphine it's more like he actually is scared and this is still norse but there's still part of him that's infected Mm kind of yeah that's a that's a good point it is kind of like one of those word puzzles where like if norris is you know assimilated to the point where he's like completely taken over by now then you know he would maybe he would try to like fake the shot if he but that would only be if he knew that that uh copper was also a thing like you know if he knew copper was a human then if he missed the shot on purpose copper would be suspicious of nor like you know it's just like it throws you in like a whole tailspin when you try and like work it out like when you try and reason out like what would happen if somebody is or isn't <laughs> mm-hmm uh, I guess you could also do some foreshadowing here in saying that Norris is treating Copper, and then later on Copper mm. is going to try to treat on Norris. And things don't go quite as smoothly in that scenario. <laughs> yeah, definitely not as smoothly. <laughs> yeah, this one, the biggest worry is breaking a needle off in his arm, and it, things are, let's just say things are a lot worse when uh, when when Copper has to treat Norris. <laughs> yeah, they both prick each other. Yes, we'll we'll leave it at that. <laughs> but yeah, I do I do like this moment that uh, you know Doc tries to get him to let him do it himself, which is obviously you know another point where you could maybe be a little suspicious of Copper. That although you know again, if the whole needle breaking off is a real thing, then maybe he has reason to worry. But 
if it's not, then, you know, that's, it's maybe him attempting to fake his own shot or something like that. So I love that, you know, Childs butts in and is like, he's doing a real fine job. Like Childs is like Mr. Cool now. He's like totally in control and he's like, yeah, I'm one of the uninfected guys and like nobody's going to fuck with me. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I've always kind of loved that line. I thought that, I think that works really well to, uh, to wrap this, this minute up. (laughs) Yeah. And then also, yeah, Gary's kind of like, he has like this look of, I don't know. It's like, he has to like look away and it almost looks kind of like a guilty, uh, body language kind of like, damn, I don't want this to come near me, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, I, don't know. I never really he, looked at Gary before in this scene, but you're right, it is kind of strange. Yeah, it's almost like he's like, he doesn't want that to happen to him, which is suspicious for sure. Yeah, I feel like if I was in their position, I'd be like, go for it, like, put put me under. <laughs> like, if that's, uh, you know, if, if if that's what it'll take to keep you from, like, attacking me and, and, you know, keep me safe, like, somebody will be guarding me, like, that sounds like a good good situation to be in, although... Maybe not if you're like on the on the couch sedated with other guys who are very suspicious and might also be the thing. <laughs> yeah. And then at 51 seconds in, Clark, you know, right before Norris like delivers, you know, the needle, he has like this like psych out moment where he's oh, like, yeah. oh, it's like, whoa, I don't want that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> everyone was, I'm telling you, man, everyone was like told to like, act a certain way in reaction to something like that. I don't know. Like, or maybe Clark, this is going back to Clark's like very acute mental illness where he's like, (laughs) I don't like needles or something. And he just, he needs like therapy or something. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right. I never noticed that little thing either. He does like a little, like, it's like a shiver runs down his spine or something. Mm -hmm. Or like, or like he's got to like, like shake his head to like psych himself out. Like, Maybe him and Gary both just have like extreme needle phobia and they but they're like embarrassed to say anything about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is weird. Yeah, they both definitely act suspicious. So you're probably right. I think John Carpenter probably told them like just act like very kind of, you know, unnatural or act very like just uncomfortable. Like yeah, they both kind of also <laughs> look like maybe they're sitting on like they're not sitting on a chair, they're sitting on like, you know, something that's very uncomfortable. <laughs> Yeah, they they were probably told to like, hey, your character doesn't like needles. Just go with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'll work. So yeah, it definitely casts casts some suspicion on them too. So we we definitely uh, those three are definitely at the the bottom of the totem pole at this point in terms of what the uh, what the rest of the characters think and and what we're maybe meant to meant to think at this point. Yeah, like like we said when we started this minute, it's like this whole minute right here is just like the misdirection or, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I guess it is just a misdirection. I don't know what else to call it or to even explain it really. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, all, it's all to, like, make you think, like, these three guys are it, and, you know, the situation's more or less under control. Like, you know, we, we've we've got them under guard, and, you know, and maybe we're going to sleep in shifts or whatever, and, yeah, everything's taken care of. Like, all we've got to do now is wait it out until we figure out, figure out uh, a new test, and then things will be taken care of, you know, lickety-split. <laughs> <laughs> so, um I think that was more or less uh, all the all the notes I had for for this one. Do you have anything else you wanted to mention? No, not really. Uh, I think this one's uh, it's pretty cut and dry, but it's like we've been saying, it's kind of done on purpose to be cut and dry because 
it it wants to sell that that way but like i said yesterday this minute and yesterday yesterday's minute them together is a pretty crucial part of the film in both mccready's uh monologue that he delivers and then this one like these two minutes set up the rest of the film basically yeah, definitely. It, this, you know, the last couple minutes definitely kind of move us into a new phase of the movie where, like, if you watched this, if you watched like these couple minutes and then watched like, you know, the first ten minutes of the movie, you'd be you'd be kind of trying to figure out how these two movies were connected. <laughs> like, they're, they're, the movie has definitely like shifted gears into being something very different at this point, where it's very like kind of. It's it's all about kind of like the hopelessness and the and the mystery of what's going on and who's who and you know they've kind of gone into the mode where they're like okay well the only thing we can do now is try and figure out a new test and you know we've got to put all our our trust in that and hope that that will solve the problem but in the meantime there's really nothing we can do that that's what it is um, now that you now that you said it out loud it is the beginning of a new act that's what this kind of week is. Mm-hmm. For the most part, or at least these last two minutes that we've been talking about, this is like, all right, this is act. I don't know what what act is this, Harper? <laughs> is this is this act two? I guess if you're looking at, at at the three act structure, this is like, I can't remember what they call this. I probably should know because I've taken the screenwriting class. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's like the the turn in the middle of the second act where like you know, the, the stakes are raised or like the conflict changes. And yeah, this movie has a weird, we, we talked about a little last week that this movie has a kind of a weird kind of um, unique structure to it. But uh, just cause we've got, we're now an hour into the movie and the movie has suddenly become like a very different movie than it, that it's been for the first hour. Um, so yeah, we've definitely kind of turned a corner and, and become something else here. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Well, yeah, I think that'll probably wrap up uh, minute 63. But uh, make sure to check us out in iTunes. So whether you use that or use, you know, any of the other kind of, uh, you know, places that you find your podcasts or whether you listen on the website or however you get it is is awesome. But regardless, it would be awesome if uh, any listeners could go to iTunes and give us a rating and review for the show. Um, that kind of thing definitely helps us uh, find more listeners and, you know, make it easier to find us in the iTunes store. So anybody that does that, that is, uh, that is greatly appreciated. Uh, Mark, I know you left a review and that was, that was awesome. So I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like for real, I'm a fan of the show and if I'm going to listen to the show, I got to support it. I mean, it's, it's, it's free. It's like, <laughs> you're only benefiting the show that you listen to. So, and you don't have to take anything out of your wallet for it. So why not do it? <laughs> that's right. I mean, that's, uh, you know, podcasters give you hours and hours and hours of content for free. It's just something we do just cause we, we think it's fun and we, we want to put the content out there, but, um, you know, that's a very, very easy way you can show your appreciation and, and help out the show. And it, it'll only take you a few minutes. So, uh, if you haven't given us a review, then, uh, you know, consider doing that, uh, today while you're, while you're, uh, working off that, uh, that candy coma. So, um, <laughs> I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get a lot of mileage out of that one. I think, <laughs> you know what, you, you know, that that's how you could catch up on your podcast episodes. Just get in bed, eat a whole bunch of candy. Uh, my cat's <laughs> going to knock this microphone. Um, like put your headphones in, eat a bunch of candy, catch up on all your episodes and, you know, enjoy the first day of November. That's right. Uh, Doc Copper 
is a medical professional and will tell you that that is very good for you to do that, to just eat as much candy as you possibly can and listen to podcasts in bed. That's that's the appropriate way to spend the day after Halloween. So uh, I can endorse that. <laughs> So um, while you're doing that, while you're, uh, you know, hopefully if you don't need uh, actual medical attention from from doing what I just suggested you do, <laughs> um, <laughs> you can come back tomorrow for another episode of The Thing Minutes. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to thethingminute.com. There you'll find the show notes with links to anything we talked about on this episode and lots of other resources on The Thing. You can also find us on Twitter at The Thing Minute and on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Thing Minute. But most importantly, subscribe, rate, and review us in iTunes so you'll never miss an episode. Check out other podcasts like this at moviesbyminutes.com and be sure to head over to starwarsminute.com to listen to the team that started it all. Thanks for listening, and until next time, this is Harper signing out. Harper.